Our scripture reading for today, I apologize, none of the technology is working, <clears throat> comes from the Gospel of Luke, the third chapter, verses 7 through 18. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the foot of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with one, anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, and we what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to unite the thong of his sandals. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. Here ends our scripture from the Gospel of Luke. Today's message on our third week of Advent is entitled, A Bookless Story. Now for many of you brothers and sisters, you are probably sitting here right now and thinking, Pastor, what are we talking about with a 
bookless story. But I turn to you and ask, what are some stories where there are no books? There is no paper bound. There's nothing to hold physically. You see, in history, we find many forms of writing that's not in a book. Yes, we might physically be able to hold it, but it's not in a book. The original Ten Commandments were on stone templates, tablets, very fragile, could be broken. But nonetheless, that was the tool of which they were engraved into. And we ask this morning, where are other templates seen that are used? Well, we have the stone. We also have seen in ancient times Egyptians and Mayans using stones for their hieroglyphics, for their form of writing, so that their stories would continue forth. In prehistoric times, Capen had their hieroglyphics, their pictures drawn on the cave walls where they rested. We see totem poles made, which tell stories of generations and generations, tribes or of certain situations. We've all heard of stories in the old tradition of campfire stories, right? I mean, even in modern theater, modern movies, we see where if there's a campfire, you every now and then get someone saying, okay, are we going to tell old war stories? Are we going to tell old you know, fight stories and things. And then we have, which probably holds more dear to all of us than anything else, we have family stories. And I'm sure, brothers and sisters, quite possibly each and every one of us has that family story that we either either share with our loved ones or we think about from time to time. Maybe there's that story that gets passed down from generation to generation within your family unit. Maybe you have those close group of friends that you went to school with or that are like family to you. And yet, when the time comes and you get together, those same stories come out and you guys might have told them a thousand times. You guys might have shared them with your significant others and with your personal families a thousand times, but those stories keep coming out because those are the things that you pass down, those life experiences, those things that make you close as a family. And yet, we sit there in today's scripture from Luke, and we see John the Baptist proclaiming to the crowds. We see him warning them, reminding them of what they were warned about.
that we are to bear fruits worthy of repentance. Now, as I remind each and every one of you this morning of just what it is that Advent season is about, it's about preparation. It's about patience. It's about waiting for the Christ child to be born, bringing new hope to the world. And John sits there, and he calls the crowd a brood of vipers because they sit there. He's warning them what not to say. He says, do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. So, in the lineage of descendants, we find multiple times where you'll have the lineage of descendants coming through in the Bible. And even though Jesus and John are cousins, John knows that he is not the Messiah, but he is the one who came to make the way for Christ. And with that said, when the crowds asked him what they should do, he replied to them and said, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. John is reminding us of what our duties are as Christians to help our brothers and sisters. John is reminding us here of the stories that's been written for years and for generations. And as we talk about stories, We see here in verse 15 that the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. And immediately John answers that question. He said, I baptize you with water. But the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie his sandals. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, brothers and sisters, there is another story here without a book. The scripture today, the Bible teaches us through verse 16, through John's words, that he will come to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And what this means to us is that God's Spirit lives as a part of each one of us, brothers and sisters, as a part of you and I. 
And it's what we choose to do as that spirit lives within us. You see, during this time of year, as we've talked today, as we've seen in hymnals, as we've seen in readings, was that we tend to get absorbed by this world We tend to be thinking of what it is that we can give. We sit there and like I said last week, we play that race of time between paychecks and bills and all the gifts we feel we have to give. I myself just as guilty of that as probably each and every one of you. But yet, what's really becoming of this season when we think about these stories that don't have books? And what we see is almost a merry giftness. Not a merry Christmas with Christ being at center, but a merry giftness where those gifts, those presents, those wrapped perfect little boxes or bags become the center of this season instead of patience and preparation and the lifeblood of what this season is really about. Far too often we see It's more about what we get than what we give. And unfortunately, we are so far blinded during this season. But I want to read from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, as a reminder of what we should be doing. And be not conformed by this world, but be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind, and that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when I look to you, brothers and sisters, and ask what story are you writing this holiday season, I do hope that it's a story of giving as we are instructed to give, but not as much as worrying about what we receive. Yes, I said I'm guilty of the giving part, but when it comes to what I receive, I do pray and hope that I live life, and I pray and hope that we all live our lives according to that which is the Lord's will. You see, far too many times we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and go into debt during this time of year. All to have probably 50 to 70% of the items of which we buy just end up in the trash months later. End up in storage. End up broken, not used. Yet what if we change the writing of this story? 
What if we talked with our loved ones? What if we talked with our families? What if we talked with our congregations? What if we talked with the people of which we feel the need to receive something from and had the conversation about what it is that the Lord would receive? Now, yes, in the nativity scene, we see the wise men bringing gifts, but we know that that doesn't happen until technically after Christmas. Roughly about a week after Christmas. Yet, brothers and sisters, gifts were bought, brought to the Christ child. But yet, when we celebrate this season, we don't bring gifts to Christ. In fact, we bring gifts to everybody else. Could you imagine? It's your birthday. And instead of one present being bought for you of something you wanted, everyone else brings presents for the entire list of invitees, except for you. And isn't that really what we end up doing during this season? We get gifts for everybody else. We expect gifts from everybody else. But the part that we don't do is make time and give ourselves as a gift to Christ, radiating and illuminating the season, radiating peace, radiating hope, radiating love, and bringing joy to this world and to others who are in desperate times and desperate needs. I've talked over the last few weeks of Advent of how many of us don't see the pain that someone else might be going through this time of year. Because we have tunnel vision. We are so focused on what we want, what we need, what we have to get done, that we don't look into the eyes of our brothers and sisters truly and see the pain, see the struggle within. Those brothers and sisters that we prayed for today, My heart is breaking for, my heart is aching for. I've talked with the one just yesterday, the other on Friday. And the only thing I can say to try to help comfort them, and I know it's not easy, I, I can feel the pain that they're going through. But it's because I took a step back. I looked to the Lord for the guidance of what it is to reply. If there even is a reply. I reminded them of the strength and the guidance that the Lord gives us. I remind them that they are not alone in their time of need. Not only do they have their friends and their family with them, giving them love and support, but they have the Lord's strength on their side. They have the Lord comforting them, holding them in his hand, sheltering them beneath wings. And I'm just reminded of the fact that, as we said in Romans, be not conformed by this world, 
but yet be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, how do we renew our minds, brothers and sisters? But by looking to Scripture. By looking to what Christ has instructed us to do. How do we bring joy to one another's lives? Well, when we have more than enough and we see our brothers and sisters with none, we are to share what we have. I'm not sitting here by any means and saying, don't give gifts during this holiday season. But do not think that this is all the season is about. Do not feel that it is only about the never-ending financial strain, the never-ending stress and anxiety of this season, the never-ending of, is this gift going to be good enough for who I'm giving it to? Those thoughts should never be part of our minds during this season. The thought that should be in our mind is giving the gift of hope, of peace, of joy, of love, sharing the light of the Lord. Because we have the power, brothers and sisters, the power to show our story in Christ each and every day. And when I said we're going to talk about that story that's not written in a book, that's the story that I'm talking about today. I'm talking about your story with Christ. I'm talking about how compassionate, how caring, how thoughtful you are to your fellow brothers and sisters. But it comes with training. It comes with repetition. It comes with instruction. It doesn't come just by saying, I'm a Christian and I know it. It comes by reading in our Bibles of the renewal of our minds. It comes by understanding what it is we are learning and reading. It comes by Christ's guidance. And it comes by how we act towards others and about others when they're not around. Because the way we live our lives tells a story about God's love. The way we live our lives tells a story about the joy in which God brings to our lives. The light he embeds with us to bring forth to this world. The hope and the peace in which we can share. And when others see that kind of hope, that kind of peace, that kindness in our hearts... When they see that we are helpful, that we're creative, they also see the joy in which Christ brings to us. And these things, these are the things that tell others that God's Spirit lives within us, that Christ is with us, that they are not alone in this world in what they do or what they're struggling through. Because in you, brothers and sisters, the Spirit lives in you as well. And that story is there to tell. That good news. It's a story that's never going to be bound in a book, but it's a story on which this world needs to hear 
oh so desperately. Enough with this hatred, enough with this violence, enough with this, if you don't agree with me, we can't talk anymore. Enough with this broken families because of political views. Enough. We may not agree on things of this world, but we are not to be conformed by this world. But we are to renew our minds through the Spirit, through the Gospel, through our instruction and our teaching. Let our actions be the story that's being told that's not in a book. Because you, brothers and sisters, are beautiful and you tell a story That's beautiful. Don't forget that. And as we wrap things up here this morning, I want to ask you this one question, and I want this to stay with you today, hopefully, and I want you to think about this and dwell on this, and I want you to look back to the scripture passages that we talked about, the gospel of our Lord from chapter 3 in Luke, and I want you to think about Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And I want you to think about the scripture passage we read out of Isaiah chapter 12 today. I want you to think of all of these things. I want you to play back our hymnal readings as well that bring forth our scripture on, or hymnal passage on joy. that talks about if the fig tree didn't blossom, the fruit didn't, there was no fruit on the vines, there was no cattle in the fields, yet that we will exalt the Lord and we will rejoice in God for our salvation. That we always bring offering prayer with joy in every prayer that we do, no matter what struggle and trial and tribulation we're going through. I leave you with this question today, brothers and sisters, and the question is, what is your bookless story? Dear Heavenly Father, as we lift you up today, as we lift up your Son, Jesus Christ, and we prepare for his coming of birth, Lord, we, Father, and we look to you, that you would bless our hearts, and that the Spirit that lives within us would radiate out, to, uh, radiate out of us to others, that when we go about this world, let us need not be conformed as we read through Scripture of Romans, but let we be transformed in mind through Scripture, through your lessons, through your words, through your teachings. May we not prejudge others. May we look deeper because we know not what someone is going through. May we lift our brothers and sisters in prayer and petition May we pray joyfully, no matter what struggles we are going through ourselves. This is the way in which you have guided us, Lord. This is the way in which you want your light to shine throughout the world. Help us to be better disciples, so that in our lives and in our actions, we radiate everything it is to embody you. In Christ Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let us pray. O God of the exiles and the lost, you promise restoration and wholesomeness 
through the power of Jesus Christ. Give us faith to live joyfully, sustained by your promises as we eagerly await the day when they will be fulfilled for all the world to see. Through the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And as you go forth from this place, may you be inspired both by God's mysterious darkness and by God's marvelous light. May you be called beyond our comfort zone to share God's Advent joy with those to whom joy is a stranger. May you be Christ to a world in desperate need of Christ. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Are you looking for some Christian-based apparel to wear? Masks, hoodies, shirts, possibly women's leggings? Then look no further than checking out our Teespring store at teespring.com backslash stores backslash worship dash without dash walls. It's all custom designed from us here at Worship Without Walls. Again, that is teespring.com backslash stores backslash worship dash without dash walls. Hope you find something you like for you or your loved ones. Have a blessed day.